Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and I'm super excited today uh, to have Chris DeFerio on. Uh, Chris is a coffee expert, but in a different way. We're not just talking coffee. We're talking about the coffee or the business of coffee. Um, he also is a very successful podcast on that subject as well and is a consultant. So, Chris, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on. I'm really excited to uh, to dig a little bit deeper and uh, pull up a cup of coffee and we can talk. <laughs> so uh, tell us your story. How did you uh, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, thanks. Uh, good to be on the show again. Um, I started, it's been over two decades. It's 23 years officially this year. Okay. So um, it's been a while. It's it's weird to look back and realize that, but um, that's what time does. So I I was originally enamored by coffee shops when I, after high school, I went to a uh, ministry school in the Midwest and I got hooked on coffee as uh, a beverage to help fuel like reading about philosophy and, you know, journaling and all this stuff that young angsty 20 somethings do in a coffee shop. Right. Um, and it was really electric, you know, the environment, especially of the 1990s coffee shop scene was a yeah. lot more similar to, if anyone's familiar with the Mike Myers, uh, so I married an ax murderer vibe, yeah. like the opening scene, uh, drinks may have been that big, but when, when, when coffee shops actually wanted you to be in them, now they're like trying to scare you out as quickly yeah. as possible. Exactly. A lot, lot less, um, uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's less vibrant, but it, it's just different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think my fascination with, with it was just obviously caffeine fueled, but also the idea that I could taste the difference between the different origins of the coffee. And eventually I, I just became fascinated with the by the byproduct or what the main product of coffee shops is, which is the singular experience that I and every other person kind of take away. Yeah. Uh, that was really hard won and designed by the people who created that coffee shop, all the baristas, mm -hmm. the, the chairs, the music, the coffee, it all kind of comes down to the singular experience. It's like what's underneath the watch face creates this, you know, uh, it, you know, you'd look at your watch and you say, this is what time it is, but that doesn't just happen. That's by design. Everything fits together. Mm -hmm. So, um, long story short, I just started working in coffee. I, <laughs> I basically said, this is what I'm going to do with my career. I'm going to work in mm -hmm. coffee. And I never looked back. It was pretty, uh, I was decisive at that time. And I found specialty coffee as opposed to just kind of the Keurig or the Green Mountain of the world, that kind of stuff. And I just felt deeper in love with what coffee could taste like. And then the culture and community around coffee with people who are passionate about extracting as much as they could from the coffee and mm -hmm. showcasing it to their community. Um, I became uh, quickly a trainer, a barista trainer, a, a competition barista as well, doing competitions wow. like latte art competitions, of which I 
was fortunate enough to win three times the the championships. Wow. I'm a head judge now for Coffee Fest Latte Art Championships, and uh, I was also a finalist for the U.S. Barista Championships in 2007. Um, but you meet a lot of great people throughout this time of mm -hmm. exploring yourself, exploring coffee, um, the industry, and it's pretty heady days in those days. We call like the third. Well, and, and so many passionate people, you know, I mean, it, it just unbelievably passionate about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, coffee tends to attract passionate people, a lot of yeah. artists and creatives and, and things like that. And so, um, I have just been a trainer, manager, operations manager in various roles similar to that, uh, throughout my career, the last, uh, two decades. And, mm -hmm. um, after a long time, it was about 17, 18 years in 2016, I thought I should do something else, not else like besides coffee, but mm -hmm. I wanted to do something that was offering, getting back out into the industry. And that was the podcast idea because there wasn't a podcast nice. similar to keys to the shop, which is my podcast. Um, mm -hmm. providing very practical, actionable insights to operating a great coffee bar, which is what I love about coffee. That's what got me yeah. into coffee. And, um, it took off. So nice. And shortly thereafter, I started, um, doing consulting through keys to the mm -hmm. shop. So that's the whole brand is keys to the shop. And so now, uh, I've been able to, I was still working in coffee as a manager. And then I kind of downsized to a barista, uh, mm -hmm. while still building the company. And for the last a little over two years now, I've been full time with my business nice. keys to the shop, uh, and consulting and the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were doing podcasts when podcasts weren't cool. Yeah. Well, when they were cool enough for me to be successful doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, let's, let's kind of dig into, um, you know, first off the podcast. I mean, it's very niche, um, not just people that are passionate about coffee, but specifically people that are in the business of coffee. Um, what is the, what do you think was the, the success that you, you were able to achieve, uh, with the podcast? I mean, eventually being able to go full time, um, in a, in such a niche type of an mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the niche part is one of the keys, uh, pardon hmm. the, uh, similarity to my name, uh, keys to the shop. Uh, <laughs> the success there was I built a network of people who were familiar with me as a barista because I would go okay. to coffee fest trade. I've been, there's a trade show that I've been a, an instructor and, and that hosts these latte art competitions because I was a hmm. champion there. I, I also started teaching classes. And so I've been going since 2004, so over 60 trade shows since then. So sure. you become pretty familiar with who the players are in this industry. If you can mm. imagine an industry like people who do like gem and mineral shows or yeah. model trains and stuff like that, once you start really becoming saturated in that world, you become familiar with everybody and you can mm -hmm. keep track. And so once I launched the podcast, there was this network I could lean on and say, Hey, I created this thing, you know, hopefully you like it. Now they could have told me it was crap and been like, Oh my gosh, terrible. And, <laughs> but what we produced, what I produced was not, like I said, available. And hmm. it was born out of the frustration that I had as a manager where I thought I, I love coffee and there's so many mm -hmm. resources to learn how to make great coffee. 
and there's like a lot of resources to really dive into the culture of being a barista and that kind of thing. But I want to know how to be successful in this role. And mm. I have to rely on great business podcasts out there. A friend of mine, Dave Stahoviak runs one called coaching for leaders, um, had him on the show a few times. And that was one of my main inspirations is I want this to be something where I, I, I walk away from it feeling like you just, you know, had a cup of coffee, but information yeah. right now I'm, I'm equipped for success. So when you tap into people's, when you can kind of feel like you can visualize what people are wanting because you are them, you're the audience mm -hmm. too, then I think you can, you know, build some confidence to produce something that reasonably I think would, would play well. Yeah. Yeah. It makes complete sense. And yeah. you know, like I said, you're also, you, you knew your audience really well more than anything. Um, I, I think that's the key, but, uh, but I think you, you especially knew your audience so well, it was, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it allowed you to do that. Um, let's quickly kind of, uh, take a, a, a little step down the path and talk a little bit about your consulting business. So how did that, how did the consulting part kind of Twitter, or I guess kind of slide in there with the, uh, the podcast and all that. You know, it's funny. I always, because I was an instructor and obviously mm. I have a podcast, I'm a verbal processor, I, I suppose my wife says too. <laughs> um, I think that instruction and helping people and coming up with solutions and ideation, and that has always been natural to me. Okay. So I'm always the type of guy who wants to kind of like fix it and say like, Oh, but we, if we just did this, it would be better. And that's, yeah. you know, my bent consulting is just another ex extension of what the podcast hopefully offers people, which is an insight or an actionable takeaway. But now imagine if I could walk with you through the process of taking that insight and then applying it, there's lots of landmines. There's lots of emotions and systems and challenges that come along with just the glib idea of just apply these to your life. And, you know, over time you'll become, you know, success, successful. It's a lot more complicated mm. than that. And so consulting was originally something that I wanted to do as a younger professional, but I had no okay. right to be a consultant. You know, <laughs> I just thought that I had to be right to be a consultant. See, it's a big difference. Yeah. And I wasn't even that I was just passionate. I, I had a, like a lot mm -hmm. of championship or few under my belt. And I thought people would love to have me and some did, which didn't help my ego. And, um, <laughs> a few business cards from Vista print later and some just, you know, sporadic events. I realized, you know, I just need to go back under into the mm -hmm. industry and get bruised up a bit more and become mm -hmm. a little wiser and let life do what it does best, you know? So right now I'm, almost 45 years old. Um, and I have, you know, from keys to the shop, I think was born from this idea of like, kind of know that I'm, I'm ready to enter into a, a relationship with other people to help them through what I've learned th from the podcast, mm. from my own career. And thus, frankly, just also doing things very wrong myself. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here we are. Um, I just started, um, responding to people's questions that would email me. And then I started promoting what I mm. was offering saying, if you want to have coaching or consulting, let me know. And that kind of tapped into another desire that people have for further instruction beyond the past yeah. listening relationship. Excellent. 
Okay, welcome back, and uh, we're on with Chris DeFario. Um, Chris, so let's talk a little bit. We were talking before the break uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got into consulting. Let's talk a little bit more in depth now on what, a con- you know, what a consulting uh or I guess a arrangement or a um, a uh, process that you would follow when you're working with a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Two different people, really. <laughs> um, there's coffee shops who are just getting started. Okay. Where they have maybe a business plan and they have this idea that they want to start a coffee shop. And then there's people mm-hmm. who already have a coffee shop and they want somebody to help them wor- you know, work through um, challenges or opportunities like, yeah, I'm going to scale to two or three more stores, but I need some guidance to how to like shore up systems or, mm-hmm. um, we want to revamp our training and onboarding, uh, that kind of stuff. And so really what it looks like is taking into account the initial uh, needs of the client based on which category they kind of fall into. So I've got sure. kind of an even spread of both types of clients right now. Um, so if it was somebody who's just starting out, we basically have to get a timeline established and figure out what the concept is, what their values are operationally, and mm-hmm. everything is built from that point forward. So the menu has to come first. Uh, that has to serve the mission and values of the company. That menu determines how we build the space out based on how much space you actually have, where machines mm. go. Um, it also it goes from that to what are you going to do in the business as the owner? What are you, how are you going to manage managers or do you need a manager when you first start off? So we go from operations, people, quality is those three categories that we kind of go one step at a time from the foundation of values all the way, uh, logically to assembling this team of people and a business that is based Mm -hmm. firmly on that footing. Uh, that can okay. take anywhere from six to eight months to do that. Usually a call every other week, about an mm-hmm. hour structured call, but available calls between times or, or yeah. e- emails and stuff like that. And um, with people who have coffee shops who want coaching, one-on-one coaching, which I'm doing a lot of these days, is mm-hmm. anywhere from six to eight and sometimes 10 calls that are arranged around a particular topic that we agree will be broken up into these particular subjects. Um, and I offer my insight as to how it might be best to break up these calls as we go. There's always homework. This is a collaborative relationship. There's always homework between calls for the client to do because I'm not a magic man. I cannot, (laughs) (laughs) my, my role is as a consultant to guide and to assist and where necessary, I can give you a template here, a template there, but I'm not going to give you a coffee shop in a box and yeah. I can't just a wand and make things completely better. It takes mm-hmm. some work. So these calls are really robust. I had one just before here. And sometimes you go into it with this idea of, okay, here's the agenda. We need this agenda, <laughs> but then something gets uncovered and you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And we find out. Wait a minute. We need to go here before we go there. (laughs) And you, at that point, will have spent the rest of your call time. And I'll go over my time frequently. I'm not like a a lawyer or anything. Um, (laughs) But that's what's exciting about it to me is people will contact me for a very specific thing. They'll get their desire in that they will eventually end up with 
a new training program or better job descriptions and more clarity on their role in their growing business. But they'll probably end up with a lot of other uh, benefits in the process because the conversation uncovers a lot of why hmm. this is happening and how we can solve it so it doesn't keep on recurring. That's my biggest frustration is I say, like, don't waste problems. If you have problems in business, um, those are indicators for you to create systemic solutions that will yeah. prevent those problems from recurring. Uh, so that's a little bit about how I handle things. It's kind of nice. dynamic, kind of planned. And a, a now, do you uh, do you find clients through or mainly through the podcast, or is it through uh, through other you know kind of the industry referring people to you? It is, I'd say, mostly through the podcast, but. Okay there are probably th 20 to 30 percent of people who have uh, worked with me have found me just by passive google searches for nice. consultants and that is saying something about the size of the industry there are places out there that will you know they have coffee training schools i've mm. worked for a couple of them in my past as a as a yeah. trainer and where you can go on site and actually like be on their campus and all that stuff <clears throat> okay but um you know, it is nice to have the podcast because you can get to know exactly how I think about coffee and people Correct. by listening and seeing that. So, yeah. Well, and how you interact with people and everything else. So yeah, I think it, it's a, it's a genius way of, of doing, I think more businesses need to consider that, um, you know, and, and be committed to it. Yeah. And so and let's I talk about anything new that uh, might be in your business. What's going on coming up here? Well, the new stuff for me is uh, I'm, I'm working on uh, a lot of these one-on-one -on -one coaching calls that I've okay. you know, taken on. Like the the projects in the past have been relatively large projects that sometimes span eight to nine months of mm -hmm. you know getting people off the ground and starting their business or um, something really where I'm actually doing a, a lot of work on my end. But one of the main things I've discovered is that the benefit of these conversations and the capability of my clients combined is... I mean, these are capable people. They've already got these businesses uh, to where they are. And I love the idea of expanding upon this by saying, look, let's do more one-on-one, -on -one, limited run, one-on-one -on -one coaching calls. Um, let's eventually get some groups going. Um, let's just kind of come together and have this conversation that you know spurs on better habits and solutions mm -hmm. for your business. That's really where I'm focused. Um, I'm trying to get out there into YouTube uh, as another channel for keys okay. to the shop. I am a, you know, like I said, middle-aged guy. And um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, I ride the line between feeling uh, like a curmudgeon and feeling yeah. ambitious. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what kind of things happen this year. But uh, for now, I'm focused on those conversations. It's another, yeah, it's another channel that the people will be able to find you on and, and maybe they're, they are more visual. Yeah. So I love that. Well, fantastic. It sounds like a, a fantastic business and, and you get to do what you enjoy doing every day. Yeah, that's it. And it's interesting as a podcaster also, and I'm sure you feel this as well, that you really have to have a lot of faith in the fruit of your labor making it mm -hmm. out there into the world. And sometimes people, the word gets back to you. Hey, that episode was good. And I'm like, Oh really? Oh yeah. gosh. That was like a hundred episodes ago. And 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm in a back room of my house in Louisville, Kentucky, and I've been in yeah. the same place for six years. So <laughs> it's a wonderful time, but word doesn't get back as often. So yeah, uh, it's nice to to be talking with people and consulting to so that you can actually hear the benefit of some of these things. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, yeah, that's the thing. I always tell people, please comment. Even if it sucks, please comment. It just knows that somebody's listening. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's switch gears now, and we're going to talk about the fast five questions. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So first question, you wake up in the morning. Business is gone. You still have all the knowledge in your head, 500 bucks, a laptop computer, place to live, or place to live and food. What are you going to do first? Uh, I would probably start a podcast. All right. Yeah. Buy a microphone, start, start, mm -hmm. you know, start a podcast, it, 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 you know, communication, offering something mm -hmm. to somebody, reaching out. People need, know you're there. Yeah. 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 Love it. What is the biggest business mistake you've made? I'd say the biggest one is, uh, not marketing myself very okay. well. And, you know, that's something I'm actively trying to remedy. I, I don't. I'm not very good with social media. Um, mm -hmm. and I can be, be a bit of an introvert. Interestingly, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of anonymity behind the microphone. So it kind of works. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say not marketing myself well enough and, and trying to overcome the hurdle of either imposter syndrome or feeling like, um, I'm being too prideful or egotistical and stuff and really leaning on the idea that I'm a cure, I'm a curator and a, a steward of these things. I'm not the inventor or creator of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. You assemble and, and re rejigger and reassemble and put it out there. So that's all any of us do. That's exactly right. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? I'm going to cheat and do two. Uh, okay. One would be Bruce Telgan's book uh, called it's okay to be the boss. Okay. And I love he this. works, uh, he has, he's prolific as an author. Um, and he has a company is called rainmaker thinking he's based out of Connecticut. Okay. But it's okay to be the boss is something I used to buy from my managers. We used to go through it like a book club. Um, he's been on the show like three times now. He has another book called <laughs> 27 Challenges That Managers Face. Um, really great guy. But I, I, it's a small book, but it's so powerful. And it's really yeah. about the epidemic of undermanagement versus the problem that we assume is there, which is uh, micromanagement. So check yeah. that out. And then second would be um, a book called uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. It's put out by the Arbinger Institute and they have mm -hmm. another accompanied book called the anatomy of peace. Basically it's a, a book that's written as a business fable and mm -hmm. it's all about, um, being outward focused and listening to the urges that we have for being outward focused in both our personal lives and business lives as a way okay. to uh, engineer great culture. Cool. I like that. All right. So you get the bonus plan there. I like this. What's a tool that you use in your business every day? Uh, Google drive, just the okay. docs. And I, all of my stuff is just, uh, our call notes and files. I'm always just kind of shuffling around my folders and trying to, to make those better and, you know, make better bullet points. And yeah, yeah. I'm just in Google drive all day long. So I also am a very big, it. uh, paper and pen person. So I, I yeah. tend towards, um, you know, these micron pens that are meant for the Pigma micron pens, plus like any mm -hmm. kind of uh, high quality Japanese notebook. Um, yeah. Those are fun. 
Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, that, that I think one of my first shows I ever did, uh, the one of the guys on there was like this yellow legal pad and a pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works perfectly fine, and it always works. I don't have to charge it. That's that's exactly right. He's a smart guy. All right, last question for you. What is your definition of freedom? Um, I think freedom, and this is based on a quote that comes from a, another book, Bonus Bonus, uh, called right. uh, Crossing the Unknown Sea by David White. I think it's in this book. Um, and in this book, he talks about the journey of finding identity through vocation. So it's a, it's a bit out there. You know, he's a Irish poet and philosopher, naturalist. Um, the idea is that we're very torn and scattered and divided as people. Mm. And the antidote to exhaustion is not less stuff. It's not um, rest. It's wholeheartedness. And mm. so that stuck with me and it's been rolling around in my brain recently uh, as freedom to me feels like not the absence of responsibility or duty, but the fulfillment mm. that you receive from those things. And the idea that you're receiving joy by f- through service. So I think it's a poor way to view freedom to say, nobody wants anything from me. Um, mm-hmm. Because that you'd have to be a a man on a mountain, um, to, to do that. And you'll risk being very unhappy to find quote unquote freedom. I I think wholeheartedness is a good way to think about it. How can you thrive as a person by making yourself responsible in the, in ways that bring life to you, even though it might be challenging or hard, um, anybody who runs a business knows that you aren't actually free in that sense. Here we are, mm-hmm. uh, not watching TV, you and me. We're having a podcast. Yeah. I mean, is are we free? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Yes, again, because we're kind of doing something <laughs> that lot, we want to I'm do. a lot freer than I was still when I was sitting in a cubicle someplace, that's for There's sure. Higher degrees of imperfection that we're after, really. Yeah. And you know, fulfillment <laughs> and joy. So I'd I'd pursue those things. That is probably the most thoughtful answer I have heard yet uh to that question. That that was phenomenal. Um usually I get the well, I want I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, dig a little deeper. So <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because yeah, not to not to extend this too long, but I, I, I do think that yeah. some of the best memories that I have and maybe you have come from some challenging times that we wouldn't have actually voluntarily gone through, but mm-hmm. we were forced to go through them. And maybe this is similar to maybe Jocko Willink talks about this, like choose the pain, choose the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's going to be challenge and pain. There's going to be those things. You, it, but if you can choose those things, maybe that's an additional layer to this. Bring, bring yeah. it on and embrace it. I love that answer. I love it. Cool. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Uh, they could just go right to the website, keys to the shop.com. Um, okay. My email is just Chris, C H R I S, at keys to the shop.com. Um, yeah, look me up. Let's have a conversation. 
I love it. Well, Chris, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, excellent, excellent conversation. And I'm so excited for you on the, the podcast and, and the success of consulting. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. And folks, uh, we do these interviews once a week. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch this. And we will be right back here next week with another two shows, one with uh, a little bit about how to get to your Freedom Day and the other with interviews with people like Chris. So thanks a lot. We'll see you guys back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 